Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. And in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Money Nerve, a financial resource that helps you have a healthier relationship with money. Do you feel shame around your past financial decisions? Do you feel alone in your financial struggles? Do you self-sabotage your potential financial successes? Do you keep making the same choices, expecting different results? The Money Nerve has just launched a new online course called The Course to Financial Freedom. To learn more, go to themoneynerve.com forward slash course. The Money Nerve has an offer to all Money You Should Ask listeners for a 25% discount on the course. Use code MYSA, all caps, 25, and start your course to financial freedom now. Thanks again to our sponsor, The Money Nerve. It's a pleasure today to introduce my guest, Dave Banalik. Did I say it right, yes. Banalik? Yes, I did, because I was explaining I'm a, I'm a simple guy, and so big words, anything more than three syllables gets me. Dave, uh, up until recently, was with Cox Media Group for the past 30 years uh, as news director and retired as the senior manager, director of content. Uh, I was uh, sort of, uh, what was my title? Managing director of something. I was number two. I was not the senior person. I was the next You're the number two. Number two. They work harder. Number two works much harder. Uh, Also an uh, Emmy Award winning writer, um, two-time recipient of the National Edward R. Murrow Award for News Reporting. Um, You retired early on your own terms, um, but you started investing when he was about 20, um, and he and his wife did not always get it perfect. In fact, no, they had a lot. You had a lot of debt, and you used some pawn money to start your first emergency fund. But you were on the right track. So the the great thing um, we connected through FinCon, and I want to give a shout out to FinCon because it's an amazing community that connects folks with other folks who create new media, blogging, podcasting, social media, and video about financial topics like debt, investing, and coupons. It's to help educate and inform people about financial literacy. Dave, it's great to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. So um, I have to start off with one of the first things to see how you've reconciled this. One of your goals um, when you were younger was to replace Vince Scully as the uh, voice of the Dodgers. Yes, and it uh, was. Um, you know, I know he retired and eventually, but uh, yes, like last he, year or something. Yeah, he just did. He got a road name for him. So. It didn't happen. Uh, were you crushed? And how, and what else did you dream about doing? Well, let's 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 put it this way. Before before that, I wanted to replace Davy Mopes at second base, but that didn't work out either. <laughs> that didn't work out um, either. But uh, I think that you know, I tell you a wonderful story about Vin is that um, when I was in high school, I wrote to him. I said, I want to I want to be like you, and I figured this going to go nowhere or whatever. And, and he wrote me back and he gave me this. And it was a letter to me saying, you know, here's what you do. I want you to, you know, go to college, be an English major and a, and a, and a journalism broadcasting minor. And of course, I did the opposite. And I was the <laughs> broadcasting major and the English minor. But but I did get the English minor. And uh, and I just thought it was just such a wonderful uh, thing for him to do. So many people, I'm sure, wanted to contact him and to take the time to to send me that and to give me some direction, uh, I really, really appreciated it. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. And when, um, so 
you when you you and your wife got together, you you both had a lot of debt already or uh, individually had debt. It was it was an individual thing. And, um, you know, I think we, we created a lot on, on our on our on our own together. OK, um, you know, part of it was the struggle between that. I think all of us have with um, trying to put some away for the future while still enjoying some things today. And, you know, I think we've always done a, a, a pretty good job of putting away for the future. And, and, and then in our, you know, the 10 years or so before retirement, we did a really good job of that. Yeah. But the debt kind of piled up as we were doing that. So we found ourselves in, in a spot where, oh gosh, when we were, uh, I was 50 and she was in her late forties, maybe we we're like, you know, we, we really need to, to buckle down here and, and figure out how we're going to do this. We didn't, we didn't want to stop, you know, uh, with our investment accounts, but, um, you know, we, we, uh, we knew we had some work to do. We went, took Dave Ramsey's, uh, financial peace university course. Yep. Um, at, at our church. And, um, you know, we, we, we really took, uh, a lot of his, you know, his lessons to heart. We, my wife went out and, uh, one day took some of her, her belongings and some silver coins we had and visited various pawn shops and to get our first thousand dollars. He wants a thousand dollar emergency fund. You know, she told me the stories of having to do that. And I just vowed I would never in a place again where my wife had to pay me. Yeah. Um, Did you always talk about money? Did you always talk about yeah. money with your wife from the beginning? No, I think I, I, we had talks about that. And I think probably like most couples, we didn't really talk about what money meant for each of us. Right. And, you know, how best to use that money and how to approach it as, as a team. And I think that's one of the, the life lessons um, that I would, particular uh younger couples and talk with them we say you know look get together think about what your goals are um because you do need some goals to be uh, you know working towards it's money related saving to or paying down debt so you can you can um you know have some sort of uh sorry my screen went blank for a second but uh but I think you need to, to have goals to work on and then get together and really have a serious talk and, and take, you know, don't, don't do this when you're sitting around and, you know, watching TV or at the dinner table, you know, schedule a summit, take a day and, and, and discuss these things. And maybe it's even every year. Um, my wife and I, there were a couple of times we just decided our new year's resolution on, on January 1st or January 2nd is we get together, we talk about where we were and what we wanted to do over the the, uh, the current year and how, yeah. how we can uh, tackle both um, current living, current debt, and also plan for the future as well. Yeah. And so right now you're in this pivotal um, new chapter. You've, you know, you've recently retired. Um, and I'm wondering uh, at this point in your life, as you sort of look back and you sort of look forward, what is it exactly that you're trying to accomplish with this one life that you have? And how does money play in a role in the remainder of it? Um, so I, I really, um, you know, I, I think it's important to have a legacy or to, to have helped people. I, I'm not even, it's not even as much about somebody saying, oh, Dave was great or whatever. Um, it, it's about helping people along the way. Um, 
you know, I, I was very fortunate uh, in the positions I was I was in in my career to be able to coach younger journalists and help them grow and see some of them have very successful careers. And, um, you know, it's nice to get those notes from folks from time to time saying, gosh, thank you so much for, for your support and your coaching and guidance. And so that's what I want to do here in, in, um, in, in the future, too, um, with people I know and people I don't. That's why I created the website retirementsuccess.life was um, when I was getting approaching retirement, I, I was reading all the, you know, the doom and gloom stuff that you see in, in all the financial media to get you to click on their site. And, and that's what they're driving for. It. Um, and, and, you know, the people that I knew, the people that I would reti- retire, both as friends and as, as people have retired from our company, it's like, that's not their reality. They're really pretty darn happy. They're retired and they're they're living a good life. And so those are the stories I really wanted to tell and get out and, and help people, you know, plan, show them some things we did and other retirees maybe did right and wrong along the way, so that um, they have the opportunity to learn from us. They don't have to go through and, and make those mistakes, where they can get into that area that we didn't take advantage of, um, so that when they get to that point. Um, they can also be really happy and, and yeah. healthy as well. Now, do you think if you had a whole lot more money, you'd be a whole lot happier? You know, I think we always think that, oh, if we had this much more, that would be great. And then we'd be satisfied. I don't know if that uh, that time ever comes where you think necessarily you have enough. Um, but I can tell you, um, I, I thought I was going to be a lot more uh, stressed about retiring or really about about money and whether it's going to run out and all that. I, I really haven't been stressed at all. You know, we, we saved well, we planned well, we, we got a financial planner and that's another, uh, I'm working on a story right now. It should be up uh, shortly right after I get off doing this um, on, on working with a financial advisor and, and, and the, um, the things you don't even know that they'll come up with and suggest. Um, that for a relatively little amount of money, especially if you use a fee-only uh, financial planner, you know, you got a, we we got a life plan for the next 40 years after meeting with our guy about five years before retirement, and so um, I think that helped as well is to just be comfortable here. Um, and uh, and you know, it's it's uh, I'm finding out exactly what. My friends and, 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 and colleagues who'd retired before me, pretty happy. You know, there, it's not, it's not all, you know, butterflies and cupcakes. There are some things we still have to do and there's frustrations and, and all of that, just like, just like life before retirement. But, but overall, it's, it's a pretty, um, nice feeling to have. Yeah. And what would you say, like, um, what accomplishments, what are, what big accomplishments would you like to, um, still look forward to accomplishing? Well, I think, um, you know, like I say, help, helping others here mm-hmm. through the site or other things, helping neighbors and friends, relatives, um, you know, being, uh, sometimes it's being a good listener to folks and just being there for people when they're, when they're going through things and struggles or, um, and, and then I think there's some other things that we really want to get involved in that, said we would that we haven't gotten there yet like um samaritan's purse to go out and help at, at disaster scenes and yeah um, um i have allergies and things like that so you know 
that's one of the things that go, well, what if the allergies get kicked? But we have to just kind of let that go and, and go ahead and move, move forward um, with some of those things and, and being able to say, yeah, we made a difference. We, we followed, you know, we want to follow God's path and that we feel like we, we, we walked in the light and we've shown that light to others. Absolutely. Do, uh, have you been in the news and in journalism? Have you traveled a lot? Do you travel a lot? Um, and do you travel um, personally? You know what? I traveled a little bit in, in my line of work. Not, not uh, a, you know, a couple times, three times a year, maybe. Um, traveled personally a lot more. And one, one of the things that, um, because once you get to the, the management stage, stage in my, you know, there's on call for just about everybody in my business. But once you get to the management stage, you're on call 24-7 wow. all the time. So um, my wife and I really got excited uh, with the idea of cruising because in the old days, you got on a cruise ship and if somebody wanted to call you, it cost like $50 a minute. So, <laughs> so, that was so we knew, we knew once that gangplank went up, we are set for the next week. We don't have, we can, we can let the, the, the woes of the world for that week. Uh, you know, I had good, good people in place to, 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 to take care of things when I was gone. And, uh, but that was sort of our respite. So we, we got to, we enjoyed traveling there. We traveled some to, um, non-cruising things. We've gone to Europe a couple of times. We, we were in Tahiti one time. Our honeymoon was Hawaii. Nice. Uh, we went back there once. Um, so there are, there are places we want to go. We talked about Australia and, and, um, you know, Israel someday, hopefully. Um, nice. but, but we've, we've been very fortunate. We've been able to do some traveling and enjoy it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, if you look, looking back, um, do you have any financial regrets? I think I regretted a, a couple of, of things that we didn't, um, you know, probably work on debt earlier. We're gone. You know, I, I think one of my uh, failings was always wanting a little bit bigger house than maybe we could afford. So it came with a little bit bigger mortgage payment. Um, I think, uh, you know, another regret was trying to decide, you know, what the investment markets were going to do. You know, instead of, you know, that that's sort of the mantra now I would tell people is, a, especially you're in your, your 20s, 30s, 40s. Just invest your money in, in low-cost index funds and just leave it there. Don't worry about it. Market goes down 30%, 40% tomorrow. You're going to be buying stuff at a lot lower price with automatic investing. Um, and, and think of it as you're buying stuff on sale that you're going to get. You're, you're getting a 70% off sale here, basically, for, right. for the money that's going to be worth in retirement. So I think I would have, you know, I did too much getting in and out uh particular sum in 2008 when we were all you know panicked and then it took years to really get the confidence to get back in and so right. there was a lot of growth that gets lost they talk about you know some of the biggest gains for a stock market stock market or investment markets in recovery is a few days after it hits the lows and no one knows where a low is ever going to be so you can think you know everything you in a, in a business where it's impacted by advertising and whatnot and yeah, nobody knows. So just, I would say, automatic investing, so you don't have to worry about it. Come right out of your paycheck, go into your investment account or whatever accounts you uh, have, and then just let it go. Yeah, you got to stay the course. I think what happens is people get cold feet 
at the wrong moment. And uh, once you're out, you've lost the money. Um, if you stay in, yes. you've got the opportunity to recover. Um, yes. Do you have a certain percent that you say, you know what? 20% of my money coming in goes to investing. You know, people have different 10%, 20%, 30%. What did you try to stick with? Well, I think, um, so it, it, it changed over the years, right? Um, you know, it, it, we were pretty good when we first got married, doing like 10%. Um, and then at some points, we dropped that down to 7% or 6%, always getting the company matched. But then we cranked it back up again and, and we went to the full, uh, you know, 15%, the max that we could. Um, the other important thing to us that, that we didn't do our entire marriage, but we have done about the last 10 years is tithing is giving a tenth to God. Yep. And, um, just reading Malachi, uh, today, Malachi three, I think talks about uh, the importance of the tithe and saying, God saying, test, test me in this. And, you know, not that it was a test, but when we started tithing, we started getting so many other blessings. And, yep. you know, I started getting promotions and raises. And, you know, even in retirement here, we, we're, we're, in a, we're in a house that we bought two years ago, and it's appreciated like 20% at that time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I just think I think that comes first now, the setting aside of the 10% uh, mm-hmm. and, and as the tithe. And then, you know, uh, everything else, it's just, it's, it's almost magical. One thing I would say is that after we did this, our church did something really interesting. And so if anybody's there related to to churches on a church or pastor or something, I would just say, this would be an interesting thing to try. Our church said, all right, you know what? We know this is kind of a hard concept to grasp. I want you to try for three months tied to us. Tied for three months, and if you don't like the results at the end, we'll give you your money back. Wow! And I don't, I don't know what the results were, but I'm sure a lot of people were blessed through that time, and they're probably tithing today because of it. And I just thought that was a really interesting way for for a church to approach that subject. I love that—a money back guarantee. <laughs> God, I mean, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I definitely think tithing and charity and service is an very, very important part of financial planning and and living life. I mean, that's my personal opinion, Um, but I I do think it plays a significant role. Um, What was probably the best advice you ever got um, when you were younger? Um. The best advice I ever got when I was younger, um, I think from my parents, uh, and not that I followed all the time was paying off your credit cards every month. Yeah. And, you know, at the, at the end of that, uh, you, you, you just carry, you know, basically you're using, uh, the company, the, the credit card company, I won't say name, but you're using them for free. You're using their product. Right. You get to use the card, but you just yeah. pay it off every month. And it's when you don't pay it off every month that, that that's when trouble starts. That's what uh, so that's probably the best advice. And like yep. you say, this is not about being perfect uh, in your podcast. So that's one where we were not perfect. Right. That, but that was great advice. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that again about not being perfect. The goal here for me is, yes, yeah, sometimes I'm going to get off the path. I get a little cocky. I think I got it handled. Uh, like I know better. And then I get myself in trouble because I have to keep myself in check. Even when things are going really well, um, that's where I can get off track a little bit more 
just because I'm feeling so confident. And it, for me, it's so important to keep checking in and then, oh, let me readjust. Let me readjust. Um, and because I know some people, are, oh, yeah, I never made a mistake. And then the anxiety of like trying to pretend that that's true. Uh, you know, I don't want that. I'd rather just be real and go, man, I messed up pretty bad. Right. You right. know, now growing up, your parents told you about not, um, you know, not to have debt on the credit cards, pay it off. Right. Were there any things that when you were, you know, five, six, seven, that you remember that your parents would always say this or uh, what was the message? Well, I think the, the one thing that they did was they, you know, I had a weekly allowance. I'm not sure when it started, maybe six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It comes to like, I think I started probably at 75 cents a week or something and it got to a dollar 25 or a dollar. Mom will probably correct me after she hears this. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it really taught me not that they didn't buy me other things, but it really taught me that if I want something, mm-hmm. I had to save for it. And, yeah. you know, if, if I wanted that, that, uh, new pack of baseball cards, I had to save for it. If I wanted the new little thing for my train set, you know, that might take three weeks or four weeks of savings in order. And then that was a big deal to really go and get that. Wow. Look at what I got for doing, you know, this is my reward now. And then it taught you to do some things. Well, maybe that wasn't quite worth all the, all the, all the work that I did to save for it. So it really, I think taught me the value of money. Yeah. And I, I've read, and I don't know the statistics, but I, my understanding is that people that have gotten an allowance as a kid um, have a better awareness around finances because it started early. But you also delivered newspapers. You swept the floor uh, at the grocery store bakery. Uh, you were an umpire and a ref. You were like, it sounds like from an early age, you learned the value of putting in the work and, and receiving a financial payoff from that. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I was thinking back and, um, I, I can't remember when I got my first savings account, but I was probably, uh, you know, I'm sure my parents signed for it, maybe 12 or 15 or something like that. And I remember, you know, when, when I would do some of these things. And of course, then when I got to be a teenager, you know, go, go to the bank, put your money in there. I think we had what, passbooks at the time, right? You had right. to go there with a the passbook. And hand it to them and then they print it on there as to yep. what the interest you made, the deposit and all that. And I was kind of, and then you have, wow, look at that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I think all those things really, really help reinforce that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you do have, to, you do have to work for it and sometimes it's hard work. And, um, you know, uh, I guess we're also probably fortunate we didn't, uh, Grow up in the age that a lot of kids are having today when there's so many things and demands on them and social media plays into, gosh, you don't have this or you don't have that. Um, I imagine that's tough. Yeah. It, no, absolutely. Um, there's so much it, it, I, I think in this day and age, there's a lot less delayed gratification. Uh, I think society really pushes us to get our instant gratification. Yeah. And so I, I think, um, you know, I think something gets missed in not learning to appreciate, to wait for something instead of, and I've been guilty of this too. I want it now. I have to have it now. It feels so important that it, and then I get it. I'm like, oh, wow. Didn't, wasn't a, it wasn't a game changer, but, uh, but I needed that impulse of feeling it. And, and I, 
the more that I delay gratification and actually, um, I, I feel like there's a lot more gratitude when I actually get what I want. Uh, instead of just like now, 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 it actually makes me feel a little bit more entitled and uh, childish. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you remember the first time you got some money and you thought, this is a lot of money? Probably when I um, ended up with my first job and, and uh, you know, I got a kind of in college, I got an internship and I was supposed to be there, I don't know, 10 hours a week. And I ended up going like 40 hours and they couldn't get rid of me. I was like always there. Especially the weekend crew loves it when you come in. There's no bosses or anything. They'll give you everything they theirs to do. So I kind of made myself a little indispensable, and some yeah. people lobbied for me to get a part-time job. And then probably a year later, when I uh, got a full-time job as a newscast producer, I was making eleven thousand four hundred dollars a year in salary, and I thought, "Wow, that's a lot of money." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Um, it, that changed over the next few years. And I'm like, wow, a lot of people are making more money than this. But, uh, but I think that was, the, I didn't, it didn't come in a big chunk or anything like that that I can recall. Um, you know, I, but I, at times I thought I probably pop Warner football on a uh, Saturday morning and I did five games and did $55. And at that time it's like, wow, that's sort of a lot of money, but I just sweated in 112 degree heat for, Know, a number of hours this morning to get $55. So, but yeah, yeah I was probably the, the first, that first job when I really started getting um, paychecks uh, every couple of weeks. So you wanted to be a baseball player. You wanted to then be an announcer and it didn't quite work out that way, but you also still had an amazing life, um, have an amazing life. What would you say to young people that have these goals? Because or these dreams, you know, some people say, well, don't dream big because it might not happen. Um, what would you say to that, to people who are young that are, I, I want to do these things? I think you have to dream. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong. And, and I think you, maybe you have to dream big because it gives you motivation to, to, to do what you need to get there. I think the thing to tell people, young people, to realize is that your dreams will probably change. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, that might be your dream and you might actually, uh, you know, become president or something like that. But chances are along the way, you know, I didn't know the, the path I, I would take because I didn't even know it existed. You know, right. I didn't know what a, what a television newsroom was like. I didn't know there were things called newscast producers or a news director. Or, you know, I just turned on the TV and I assumed the news came on and people who were talking did all the work. Um, yeah. And they do do a lot of work. So my anchor friends out there, <laughs> not saying you don't, but, but I didn't know that these other jobs existed. So I think, you know, have the dream or uh, whether it's a job or something else, but also as you're going along that path toward that dream, look around you because you might see something that's even more interesting and more compelling to you. And it could create a new dream. Yeah. And so you go that direction and, you know, maybe that dream changes in a few years to something else. But I think, I think you should always have something that you're working for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I'm really hearing you say, I know we're getting towards the end here, but what I'm really hearing you say uh, is uh, dream big, but be open, uh, be flexible. Yeah. And, sure. and I'm really hearing about doing the work, like do the work, uh, have, a, have some faith and, um, and um, really show up. And, and 
an, a big component for me, and you talk about this, um, I really feel it's important to be of service to other people. Like, I, I do think that's, um, like, I like to think that that is our purpose, um, is to be of service and to make the world a better place. And it sounds like um, that you have worked really hard and now you're helping people look at retirement and being able to continue that legacy of, of living a happy life. Um, you don't have to have $10 million in the bank uh, to measure happiness. Um, it's about having a financial, healthy relationship and, 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 and going from there and working with what you have. Yeah, it's, an, it's about having enough uh, financial health to be able to do all these other things. It's not about having the health so that you can have all this money to go buy yourself stuff or whatever. It's, it's to be able to be comfortable enough. Now I can go do stuff. Now I can go help people. Now I can share some of this with people that may need it. Um, and a lot of people need that kind of help. And so I think all those other options are there if, you, if you've done the job financially to get yourself in a position where your first worry is not how am I going to get more coming in so that I can pay for the house and the car and, and uh, you know, food. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dave, where can people find you on social media? Well, on social media, uh, we're on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram. And the easiest thing is to just go into the search there and search for retirement success. And it will take you to the, it's, you know, shortened up the, um, the address just a little bit for each of those, but just search for retirement success on any of those, and it will it will pop up right there at the, at the top for, uh, for our sites. Great, and we'll be sure and put all that information on all of our posts as we push this out. Um, and I just want to say to the audience listening out there, don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. And uh, Dave Benalik, it has been awesome having you here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. And, you know, uh, in the next life, I hope that uh, you get to take over the voice of the Dodgers and, uh, <laughs> like, uh, hit it out of the ballpark. <laughs> that would be heaven. That would be heaven. Thank you so much, Bob. I really, really appreciate it. I, I really enjoyed this time. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks.